So what is the deep end? There's the shallow end where you are on the beach, say Cocoa Beach, Florida, just first beach that comes to mind. You walk in, you can stand up. There's the sand, there's the salt water. You keep going, you can't stand up anymore. That's the deep end. In a pool, that's the deep end. The deep end in the pool is eight or nine feet. Imagine going all the way out to the part of the ocean where there are volcanoes and mountains at the places where people have never explored. That level of deep end is our guest tonight, Louis G. This is the Deep End Fantasy Football Podcast. Have I oversold you? No, I mean, uh, I don't think you oversold me. It was one of the best introductions I've ever gotten, so I appreciate that. But no, I um, I don't think you oversold me at all. Uh, I am as deep as uh, – I'm deeper than I want to be, let's say that for sure. <laughs> deeper than anybody wants to be um, in, in fantasy. So no, I, I wouldn't say oversold. Adam, do you believe him that he would um, rather be less deep? No, I think I'm right there. I we're as deep as as we need to get. How's, how's that sound? <laughs> Louis, how, how many teams is it? So uh, I'm really big into dynasty. Um, it, right now, I'm holding about 62 dynasty teams. I think um, I'm at the the including yours that we'll be talking about probably uh, going into Saturday. But I'm at 62. I think what that will be um, and. Last year, our total between redraft and dynasty, I think I was at about um, 79, 80 um, total. So when we got into it. Adam, you must have questions about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is that so? Are those all lineup setting leagues, Louis? Yeah, for the most part, they are. And, um, you know, I, I do, I have maybe 10 to 15. Um, best ball dynasty leagues and and the the majority of the ones I added this off season um, because I also added a child into my life I did add uh, mostly best ball because uh, of the time uh, constraints that I'll probably be dealing with this year so um, I have a good system and um, uh, it, it's always worked but obviously some new challenges will arise for me this year with a, uh, with a newborn. So let's talk about that system. I mean, I have, you know, we know each other well, 10 to 20 the last two or three years. And there are times when I, I miss things Sunday morning um, waivers waivers. I think Adam maybe would be, does that sound like a bigger lift than lineups? I mean, there's just, so much to keep track of. And of course, out of, let's say, 50 teams, maybe you have 30 to 40 different formats. Um, what are a couple things you can tell people who, you know, this is a lot of people, I'm sure, who are watching our show. They're in 25 leagues and they're thinking to themselves, I really should be in 50 more. So how do you tell them to uh, proceed? Yeah, so I mean, I try my hardest, and I'm lucky because I'm self-employed in this aspect. But I try my hardest to stick to a schedule, and I name my teams. You know this, like I I, I name my teams each year uh, a different theme, and it just kind of helps me in my head know which team you know which team has which players. I did you just do that type of association. Um, 
being in very, very deep dynasty leagues for the most part, that stuff kind of cuts down the waivers. You know, there there might be a, a couple guys that you would target in every league that week and it, it, it makes that process easier. And redraft for sure. I felt last year I may have compromised myself a little bit. I, you know, you and I shared a team or two redraft and I kind of, you know, put that on you because you have a little bit more time than I did. And, you know, so the, the redraft is, um, is definitely a different strategy, but I, if you set yourself a schedule and most of the time, especially in like tournaments like FFPC and such, you know, the four or five guys you're targeting in every league, you know where your budget stands. Um, you can make it a pretty simple process by just having a general waiver strategy, which means, you know, you, 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 I usually spend my money pretty early in the season. So, um, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't spend it if you, if you don't use it type of thing. Yeah. Uh, Louis, are you, so are you doing most of your stuff all on the same site or two, just so you can kind of manage it easier or are you scattered around six or seven sites? I, I, I made that conscious decision last year when I got really into stuff. Um, I can't say no to Mike and Mike runs a league uh, on a, on a site that I don't use much. Um, <laughs> and so that one is one that I, I would prefer not to use if I didn't have to, but it, you know, at least it's my only league there. Um, I, that's funny that you asked that. Um, cause I really like, I, for all my dynasties, I want an MFL and I've gotten offered into some really good leagues the last couple of years where I'm like, no, like I just need a pro it's all part of that process to yes. where, you you put things in your head it's why i named my teams after you know last year i did uh buffalo former buffalo sabers i named every single one of my teams after but you do that a little association where um things like that just kind of make the scheduling process way easier speaking of associations we should tell everybody and adam has been you know keen to do this each week the three of us are all from western new york and because you're we assume you're associating this way and wondering, yes, it is 85 degrees and sunny at 818 as we host this show in our basements. Uh, but that, that's what life is like out there. You know, there's an interesting uh, perhaps parallel. So when you say, I'm in so many, you recognize it and waivers comes and a part of you is thinking, let me just spend it, not just because you're going to get more weeks out of the players you're spending on, but because it's so many teams. So the more I can spend in the beginning, the less I have to do in October and November. And that's a little bit like how you might look at auctions. The three of us have an auction startup on Saturday and you could look at an auction that way, which is let me spend my money early. It's generally, I think considered not the, the sharp move, but if you do it, then you can take some of the pressure off and some of the responsibility of the next, in, in Saturday's case, few hours and a league's case, months even. Um, and you can sort of make that a part of your your portfolio, I think, I guess I would say, when you set out to run this many teams. I I agree with what you just said, and I'll and I'll touch base on the the auction part of that too. Not to give away too much uh, from two guys that are going to two guys that are going to be in the league, but I specifically for this league that we're talking about there is it, there's some unique rules and some unique stuff to it that where um, 
it's not like you said it's not a sharp move to go spend that money early. It may be in this scenario because everybody might be a little bit timid and a little bit wondering what's going on. And sometimes that opposite approach uh, could be the sharp move, you know, attacking early. And and I, I as much as I would hate to admit that you were right in your original statement, I, I think you are. I think that I, I do try to spread that out a little bit. But, yeah, I'm spending money earlier in waivers because I'm trying to get it out of the way. I'm trying to make those teams, especially in redraft, I'm trying to make them as best as I can for the whole year that so I can just focus on running them, setting my best lineups. And at the end of the day, you can't worry about injuries and stuff because that's just part of it. You know, if you get a major injury, you're not going to win anyways. So um, there's always those few players in the first two, three weeks that are the most valuable players to get anyways. Yeah, Louie, I think I agree. And, you know, especially with this draft on, on Saturday, it's all about, you know, if I can, if I blow on my money early, you know, if I got good company, I got some pulled pork, I got a bar there. I mean, <laughs> what better time to blow your money and sit around and drink and make fun of people's picks? You know what I mean? So um, there yeah, will be well, red wine available before 10. Oh, beautiful. And that sounds like the worst idea I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, wine especially in the morning. Who does that unless you're at a funeral? I have a, I have a friend moving home from New York City, like my, one of my, my best friends in the world on Saturday. And I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I cannot help. Uh, right. and, and even, I mean, even at like, he's not getting here till six o'clock, but I'm going to be, I'm planning on not being able to move anything at 6 p.m. So yeah, that might be just the reason why to spend money earlier while uh, we're, we're still able to talk. But to go back to your point, Louis, too, about, you know, spending your money early and that it's, it's very, it's very interesting because when you have as many teams as like you run and I run, it, it even goes into draft strategy, right? So like a lot of people say a wait on quarterback, wait on quarterback, and I'm a wait on quarterback guy, but I also don't want to be scouring waivers for, for 50 football guys teams. Uh, for the quarterback that gets dropped and picked up like me, I'll take a quarterback in the ninth, 10th, 11th round. And then I'll take another one in the 16th, just to make sure I've got two guys so that I don't have to waste my time and my energy. I'm grinding quarterback waiver wire, uh, all, all year long. So I think it depends on like what type of tournament you're playing. You know, maybe if I'm in a single high stakes league, like I'm, I'm, I'm doing the, the, the $3,000 varsity this year in, in Vegas. And that one, I probably uh, will just go with my best single league strategy. But if you're managing 50 plus teams or 10 plus um, FFPC main event teams, it's, you know, you almost got to draft knowing that you're just, there's only so much bandwidth I have to be able to manage these teams. So I'm probably going to use a lot of my waiver wire money early, and I'm probably going to draft uh, either a, hot, a stud quarterback or two mid-level quarterbacks. So I don't got to grind that, that waiver wire. I, I totally agree with that. And, and co- going to that, I'm sure this is going to be something that's going to coming up or you want to talk about with someone that has as many teams is Sometimes diversifying is not just helping your chances to win, but it's also helping you be able to manage that. Yeah. Yeah. So like I diversify a lot in my strategies, not so much like if I just happen to draw the same spot, you know, three times in a row, those teams are going to look very similar. But when I do draw different spots in, in draft order, that's when I try to diversify as much as possible. 
and and not target the same mid to to, to early round guys um it, mostly because of those those type of strategies like i i agree with agree with you normally in a high stakes uh single quarterback league i'm i'm gonna do the work to stream quarterbacks and stream kickers and stream defenses sometimes uh, in these tournaments i'll just go with a, a a qb that i know is gonna be on my roster for the year he's not somebody i'm gonna have to worry about each week so um yeah part of it is workload Right. Like maintaining, maintaining your own workload, because it sounds stupid for fantasy football players who are not playing the game. But uh, you need to stay mentally in it all year, too. You know, you need to stay. You can't tire yourself out or you're not going to win. Yep. Well, we keep coming back to that. Like there's sort of a I think you have to admit there's a compromise you make because of how many teams it is. Now, again, I know you well. If somehow it became federal law, you could only have one fantasy football team, you would have to figure out in that those critical moments, who do I believe in the most? And then because it's how the game goes, by week three, you're just like, I mean, how did how did I, I, I wanted that? It's just luck. You know, you, Saquon Barkley tears an ACL and you're just done. So you want to have, I think, Optimally, if you're a card player, you want to have more than one, but you probably don't want to have 70 because <laughs> there are compromises you have to make. What do you think if you could put aside all the different other forces? You know, I, I, I'm i bored tonight and I want to draft. I do that. Yep. You know, I'm out with yep. my friends and we're, we're together and we're drafting. Like if you could put aside all the other influences, what might be, and I want to, I want to hear Adam on this too, what might be the right number? to give yourself the best chances of winning before crossing over into that other threshold where you start to suffer. I, I understand the question, but I, I, I disagree in the sense of that. I, I think, I think I handled the 80 or hundred plus teams that, you know, that I did uh, well to where I was, I treat you. You're a lot like this too. You and I talk about this, but I treat the $50 leagues the same as the 15 or $1,800 leagues. And maybe that's not the right thing to do, but I only know one process, right? So I, I, and you need those um, small wins to, you know, compensate some of the, the, the big losses and such. And, and, Maybe because I've had a lot of success and I'm not sitting here and saying that it's going to last for five, 10 years, but maybe because I've had a lot of success, it's made the effort more worth it. But I, especially when you're playing these tournaments, it's just like entering a, a DraftKings or whatever. You need as many bullets as you can. And, um, you know, no one's playing to win free entries into next year. We're playing for the, the half a mil. So, um, you know, that's, that's where, um, I say that there's really no amount that's it's all a personal preference, right? I mean, if, if I'm self-employed, I'm lucky to have where I can etch out 15 hours a week, uh, 20 hours a week on this stuff, but you got to know what you can handle, but that's the, that's a, the biggest part about fantasy and we're putting in this type of investment is knowing what you can handle. So you can get a, a, a pushback because you're not doing any favors for yourself. If you're not returning the profit, obviously. Yeah, for me to be kind of more specific is probably it's probably like forty lineup setting managed teams is probably where I'm at, um, and and that's that's just me, but by myself without any, any help. I did twenty plus football guys last year, seven main events, 
a couple Kentucky fantasy football state championships, and then some local le- some local leagues. That was had about uh, thirty five. So this year I'm upping it to forty, and that's probably it as far as lineup setting. I mean, best ball leagues I could I could you know that's just a draft. I could play a thousand of those, but to really be able to give it you know my best effort. Um, that's probably the limit for me as far as my, my bandwidth goes, but, um, but then, you know, and, and it starts to, it starts to dwindle, right? So obviously after week four five, six injuries happen, some teams start to fall off and you kind of are able to focus, um, on your, on your better teams towards the end there. So that, that's probably what I'm, what I'm going to aim for this year. Just today, I booked my flights for Las Vegas for that first week. Louie did too. Adam, I know your itinerary. Let's We're go. all going to be out there. It's my first time for this. I've been there maybe six times, but not since 15 years ago, probably. What should I, Louis? what should I know? Like, what do I want to know about that week? You know, fantasy football wise. I, I know about those tickets you can get <laughs> handed out in the strip. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I will never, I, I never drop them, by the way. If they hand you the ticket, you take it. You make you have a pile by the time you get from Mandalay Bay to Caesars. That's gonna you're gonna be exhausted, and you're gonna have a stack, and you're gonna throw them out. Like I'm not gonna drop them on the ground. It's only being polite. It's only right, being right. polite. That's it. I, I yes, I, I keep them uh, myself. Um, no, as in far as a fantasy aspect, Adam, I know you've been out there quite a bit too. Like uh, I only was out there last year for the first time for the FFPC uh, drafts, and it was just such a cool experience. I mean, you. It, the best thing about this whole community and you and I talk about this often as well is just the camaraderie and the, the getting to know people in, 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 uh, in fantasy and just almost, I never met anybody that was like, Oh wow. That guy was a real douche or, you know, it's just, it's never, it's never that way. It's just always uh, people want to know about your podcast and stuff like that and what you do and where you play, where you're from. It was uh, it was a great experience. The Thursday night party was a lot of fun uh, to watch the the Thursday night game. That's always a, a really cool thing that they do. Um, FFPC, like, uh, uh, you know, I play a lot in it and they're, I know some people will say they they take a lot of rake and yada yada, but I that, I think that they are just a a class A organization from the top, and uh, they really put on a good show out in Vegas. So I think we're gonna have a really good time. I'm excited for it. Yeah, same same here. So yeah, the football stuff. Well, let's speak for yourself about people not being douchebags because I grew <laughs> I grew up uh, I grew up facilitating drafts in the, in the FFPC out in Vegas. So I have listened when you work for the company, it's a little bit different than when you're c- competing, but, um, but yeah. yeah, I've been, I've competed out there the last c- couple of years. Um, uh, it's an app, it's an absolute blast. And the Thursday night game is just so, uh, it's so interesting, you know, um, cause a lot of the drafts happen before the game even happens. Right. And then some drafts happen after the game. So I'm usually a little bit of both. Um, so that game means it means a lot for for week one. It affects the the, the ADP of guys tremendously. Um, so that's super interesting to watch. I remember two, a couple of years ago when when Kansas City went and Kareem Hunt went went crazy on that Thursday night game. I remember the chatter, the buzz during the Thursday night game. Like, and then everyone goes and watches the immediate main event draft that happens right after that, and just to see he went like the one hundred and one, right? Uh, which was he fumbled on his first play. Yeah, there, there you go. As a rookie that night, and then he had the kind of night that got him to 101. That's right. Yeah, and people were like, "Oh, that, that you know that that's crazy. He's not worth." He ended up being worth it, you know, because he ended up having a phenomenal year. He's a you know phenomenal player, but rushing title. 
Yeah, just that buzz on that Thursday night game. And then, unfortunately, I won't be able to stay, but that Sunday uh, viewing party, too, is great. You know, just to, everyone's fired up uh, during those games, too. But, yeah, there's there's enough fantasy football and NFL football to go around. And, and uh, like I was telling Mike, the best thing about the Thursday night game is on the East Coast, you know, normally the game's over and you're going to bed. And the West Coast, that game's over and it's time for dinner. It's time to go out, you know. So, uh, I can't, I, I can't wait. I have a player in mind that night, this year, whose draft position changes the most the next day. Oh, man. Think about it if you want. I can give you mine. Uh, go ahead. Give us yours. Amari Cooper. <laughs> Amari Cooper is the number one wide receiver on what could be the number one offense. And there's a bias against him. He's been around. He's had bad years. Last year, no Prescott. There's C.D. Lamb. Everybody loves him. Cooper's the number one guy there, I think. I mean, there's an argument for Lamb. You could say Lamb. But I think Cooper is soft in these drafts. And I think not because of a matchup. I'm not making a point about Tampa Bay's secondary. But I think he's good value. And I think if he has that night, the first night, he goes up around wide receiver five on the Friday, something like that. Yeah, that that that's possible. Um, I think what you'll what you'll find is so. What, I mean, where's he going now? Like fourth, fourth round, like you know, somewhere yeah. in there. Anyways, yeah, I think if you get a guy like a like a Leonard Fournette who's going in the seventh round and he pops in two touchdowns, yeah, you know, you might see him go in the in the in the third just to just to uh, to get an, a running back or maybe even the fourth just to get a you know a running back that gets you twenty six points week one. Um, but how um, the usage Adam goes between correct. Fournette and Jones. If yes. one of them gets all the carries, then that's probably the right answer. Exactly. You know, it's always those, like, I'm trying to think a couple of years ago, there was a tight end. I can't remember his name. A tight end had like two touchdowns. Uh, and he, he was the backup and, and everyone knew he was going to stay the backup, but he went from undrafted to the ninth round because they're, you know, they're trying to lock in that week one victory back when it was only, you know, 11, all the way back when it was only 11 uh, regular season weeks. Now I think it's 12 because they added another game. So um, what do you guys think real quick? I know it's off topic. What do you think of the week six um, all play week? Did you guys, you guys hear about that? No. So week six, because they moved, uh, they added another game to the schedule. Everyone, the reason why the FFPC schedule is great is because in a 12 team league, you'd play all 11 teams one time, and then you'd go into your league playoffs. Well, with the extra week, what they did was they made the week six an all-play so that you still play the 11 teams one time. In week six, I think it's the six highest-scoring teams and the six, get a win, and the six lowest-scoring teams get a win. So um, there's some, you know, there's always – every decision FFPC makes is always questioned, but there was, like, people wondering why they're doing it when there's bye weeks. Why not do it, like, week one when everyone doesn't have a bye, you know, stuff like yeah. that. So – um, I just didn't know if you guys had, th- had thought about that at all yet. I knew about it. Um, I don't have any real complaints with it, um, it, with it being towards the, the bye weeks or anything. I actually like it being kind of in the middle of the year more so than the beginning of the end um, when it's not as playoff dependent. Mike knows this. I had a – oh, man, now I don't know if it was three or four, but I think it was a four-win team last year that was like my best FFPC team. And, it, it, I mean, I cashed four or five teams, but that four-win team, because it was so high-scored points – turned out to be the best team out of my four or five caches. Um, and so um, I, I, anytime that you could throw all play into a league, 
I'm I'm fine with it. It takes out a little bit of the luck. Um, this with one week, like sure, I'm fine. Yeah. Do you like Do you like that in home leagues this year for the extra week? I like extending the I like extending the championship to a two week championship. That that's been my best resolution in home leagues if i if i i really haven't kicked it around to, to too many people really haven't even put too much thought in almost every single one of my leagues has talked about some form of vote or trying to figure out how we're gonna how they're gonna address it um my best answer or my best solution that i've heard of so far is making that championship round a two-round championship in most home leagues i think that that's um the biggest game right and so add the extra week to that all right, guys, how about Saturday? Empire Niagara debuts. Forget the red wine. Just try to ignore that at that early morning time. Uh, Mike Leone, who's on his show tonight or with Pete, he'll be with us on Saturday. A, lot, a wide range of people in terms of interest and friends, and just it's going to be a great day. The Dynasty Superflex startup, what do you expect, Lou? I, I I hit on it a little bit earlier, but I expect people to be a little bit timid up front. You you put in some really cool, unique rules. Um, so unique that we, we don't know what's going to uh, you know work with it. Um, uh, sorry, I got thrown off by that pig that you're d- killing. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. No, you left. Um, but I, uh, I, I think we're going to be on for some uh, some decent um, uh, some decent rules, some d- timid out front there, and uh, I really don't know what to expect. The best thing about a league like this, Adam, is that we don't have anything really to go on as far as yes you know, strategy or looking at looking up anything or, you know, everyone's going in blind. And I know that there's pretty much Mike probably has kind of filled you in and you probably know. I mean, there's a pretty good mix of experience and non-experience in the league, but I think we're all on an even even keel because there's just not a place you can go. Even even in a regular auction, there's not a lot of places you can go for auction values at this point of the year or, you know, in in, in no more th- so much more in that in redraft uh, auction values are way more varying to the person. Right. So you know, yeah. you, in a redraft, you're usually going to just follow that redraft uh, ADP and you're going to try to stay somewhat within it. And an auction all goes and, you know, you hate all the players that you hate. You're not going to be forced to take them. Um, you know, when you see a, I, I'm not a big Zeke guy. Say I'm at the end of the first round. I see Zeke. I can't pass up on him because it's just too good of ADP value. And an auction, I don't need to worry about that. You know, I don't yeah. need to worry about taking somebody I don't really like um, just because I'm getting too good of value. Auction, you go get your guys that you want. So um, I'm excited for it. What um, What are you expecting? Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited too. Auction is just, I love auction. Every time I do it, I love it. Um, I love the leagues. I don't know if you've played in any leagues where you can auction your bid dollars for your draft position. Uh, so I love those type leagues too. Um, but the auction's so great, but cause all it, you had this strategy, right. That you want to go by, but the auction, all it takes is one other owner to have the same strategy or like the same two or three guys that you like, and it jacks the price up on them. And then it throws your strategy kind of out, out of whack. So um, to me for auction, I find that this helps me more than anything 
is tiering my players. So I know a lot of people do that anyways. And, but I think in an auction, it's even more important because you might have a whole idea that, Hey, I'm going to go get, you know, uh, two of the top four wide role wide receivers. Well, you know, next thing, you know, they're going for way more than you, than you thought they were. And I, all right, well, let me see what my next tier looks like and all that type stuff. So I think I'm just going to go in to, to this auction draft with my t- with with just my tiers all set up and just kind of go go with the flow and cuz like, like you said you might a lot of people are going to go and hey I'm going to blow my load on the top two running backs and then they're looking at it and like man this is going to cost me 90% of my budget I literally can't do that so um so cuz two or three other guys might have this exact same strategy so uh yeah I think that's going to be the fun of it I think people are going to ask probably six times like wait that's a rule or wait what are the rules like wait <laughs> Wait, yeah. I can't. What do you mean? I, I I can't keep my first round pick next year. What is? What are, what are you talking about? So which, I think there's going to be a lot of that. Which, by but, the way, I know you've talked about a couple times, probably on the podcast. But that is to me uh, my favorite rule in any league that I'm in. Uh, I think it's going to add a, a a really unique part of it. So um, I'm all for that. You can't hold on to your first round pick rule. I'm I'm a big believer that. I like that. There should be no incentive to lose. And I'm excited about the standings and the schedule. So we have used uh, what's called the page playoff system. They use it in Canadian curling, which (laughs) our secret, that's my obsession. So (laughs) you play a 10-week season, 12 teams, two divisions. Then the top four in each division go through. You take your records with you. The bottom two teams in each division are done after 10 weeks. And I think by my explaining this right now, no one will want to ask that question on Saturday. I left. I don't know if you guys noticed. I left uh, for a few minutes there. Louis, could you repeat everything you said uh, <laughs> while I was gone because I missed it? That's right. It was all. It was all really good stuff. Uh, that's uh, just imagine the uh, the best strategy. Uh, that's I wanted. I actually set up whatever you had to leave for, so you didn't hear my strategy for Saturday. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it. Go ahead. I was just saying, Louie and I just agreed to every time that you bid on someone, Mike, we're going to, we're going to take turns jacking the price up on the guy. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 I feel like that. I mean, what happened was uh, unfortunately beyond my control, but uh, that is a power move to just ask a question in an interview like this and then walk away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Louie's got the mic. He can do the actual mic, mic drop. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I yeah. thought of it. I might, I have to use it on Lou. Like, Hey Lou, what do you think of the bears this year? <laughs> just, just leave. No, no interest in your answer. Uh, that's how half of our conversations go, anyways. So that's fine. <laughs> just, yeah, right. uh, but no, I'm 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 super stoked for it. I, I was telling Adam when you did leave. I just the coolest thing about it is that we don't have any really strategy to look up or anything and and right. even though there's a a mixture of experience in the league um i think we're all kind of starting pretty even keeled there um because of that um so it, it's going to be interesting and it, it one thing when you don't know everybody in the league and don't know the personalities because when you when you could get into where auctions really good fun uh is when you know everybody in the room because you you know their likes you know their dislikes you know you know who you who you could bid up a little bit and stuff like that so um this will be uh you know no strategy and let's just go and roll and have a good time it's gonna be fun louie what do you think about us starting a drinking game on saturday every you know every time somebody says what do you mean this is idp 
Everyone's <laughs> got to take a shot. What do you mean, no, what do you mean I don't make the playoffs? Is, like, yeah. I want to know the, 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 no, the first time someone asked what IDP is. That's what yeah, we I'm sure we'll do that a couple times too. What is there, is a rumor, there is a rumor that the first nomination of this league will be Jaquiski Tart. <laughs> and I would have to think that that'd be a first in the history of fantasy football. Got to so, do it. Listen, will anybody go to $2 on Jaquiski Tart? I just might. <laughs> Lou, tell tell everybody about your podcast before we wrap up. Yeah, so uh, uh, my buddy and I, Kyle Turner, uh, and I do uh, a podcast called Analytics are for the Nerds. Um, we, uh, we're both comics, so we, we try to do a fantasy football podcast that's a little bit lighthearted. We don't... Uh, try to make it too serious or anything we try to bring a fun approach to it and have a lot of fun we we've had you on a couple of times we've had some really fun guests um to to come on and and have some fun with us uh you know we're not idiots we do talk i know the name sounds like we're making fun of analytics um and it's That's kind okay. of solid. It's kind of all in fun, you know, but uh, we we brought on some analytical guys and such, too. And we uh, we really um, like the contrast and like having a good time. And and it's it, it's got a nice little following now. And we uh, we're having fun with it, which, you know, that's really all that matters. Right. All right. Louie, how has Mike not told me about I mean, analytics are for nerds. That's like. That should be like my thing on the screen instead of Adam Krautwurst. I mean, Mike and I are always going back and forth about about that. I love it. Yeah. It's amazing I, I would, that you win. Uh, <laughs> knowing, that knowing, knowing that we were going to be uh, seeing each other Saturday at the draft, that was when I was going to tell you all about it, and we'll we'll have to get you on the, the on Perfect. the pod coming up. I love, it. I love it. Okay, Lou. See you well, Saturday, if not sooner. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'll see you guys Saturday. Thank you. You got it, buddy. All right. Bye, All guys. Right. Louis G. Love it. Scared? Uh, I'm a little, you know, I'm a little nervous. I don't really know <laughs> what to do. You know what I mean? It's auction. It's IDP. It's I'm just going to go with the flow and see what happens. You know, I think I'll be, I think I'll be okay. Hopefully. Don't embarrass myself. I'm sure you will. All right, let's talk about a couple of guys <laughs> whose status is somewhat in doubt. Julio Jones. Yeah. So there have been rumors about a Julio Jones trade, and today there was a report, this is Thursday, when we're broadcasting, that he, the Falcons have would like to trade him. What are the chances that if he is traded, it's better for him, fantasy-wise? Like, is he going – Is he? you know whoever trades for him, if it happens, will really want him. Mm -hmm. And they're going to pay his salary. Maybe it's a high draft pick. They're going to invest in Julio Jones. Does that necessarily mean more production, though? Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I think it depends on where it is. I think it'll be. You know, trades like this always terrify me. Now, granted, I haven't done a ton of my big leagues or really any of them yet. So, but I'm just afraid of him going to somewhere like the Titans where it kills AJ Brown or something like that. But um, I don't think there's a ton of places he, he could go. That would be better than where he's at, you know, playing in a dome, playing with a, uh, with a borderline, maybe hall of fame caliber quarterback that they've known each other for years and years. You know, he doesn't have to worry about too much attention because he's got Ridley and he's got, um, you know, the, the, the rookie tight end there um pits and it's so i think 
Um, there's probably not too many places he could go. I just hope he doesn't go somewhere that ruins somebody else's fantasy value. Um, but a lot, and a lot of times you see these veterans, man, when they go somewhere, uh, it rejuvenates them. You know, they work a little bit harder and, um, not that I think he needs that, but uh, the biggest thing with Julio to me is, is, is his health is he's getting up there and, you know, can he give us 13, 14, 15 games? Let me give you a couple of teams hypothetically, and you tell me what you would do about it. Okay. So Indianapolis is pretty obvious. Like they yeah. are not obvious at receiver and targets and how that will go. It could be a lot of different ways. If he goes to the Colts, are you in love? Like, is he a second round pick if he goes there? Depends on how you feel about Wentz, I suppose. Yeah. So I guess, so I guess my question is, uh, real quick is why, why is Julio a fourth or fifth round pick? Is it because of the offense he's in or is it because people just think he's over the hill? If it's, they don't think the offense can support him. Then I think that's great for Julio to go to, to go to Indy because I think once it, once it obviously has a big arm and Hilton has never, you know, Hilton hasn't been anything in, in a couple of years and Pittman, we don't, we don't know with Pittman yet. I think he's a good young player, but, um, that could be a great landing spot for Julio Jones. And I would love that for fantasy because, it doesn't really hurt anyone that people are really targeting high on anyways. So mm-hmm. uh, I think uh, that would be great for Julio and probably uh, I, I think if he got traded there tonight, I think tomorrow you'd see Julio uh, creeping into the late third round in, in a lot of these drafts. Yeah. Second round is tough. There are not many receivers. You have a little bit of a run between the end of the first round and the middle of the second round where you see Diggs go and Hopkins and those guys, even sometimes Devonte Adams. I mean, no one knows what to do there exactly. But why he goes later, much later than that, is just I think it's that running back panic, most yeah. of all, that that people feel in these drafts. And I love the idea, as it gets to be summer here where we live, of fading that. I feel like I've learned that in the last couple of years. Just do not succumb to that running back panic. Um, quickly, two more. New England. What okay. if that happens? New England has spent a lot of money. Maybe they make the cap work and they just, they're going all in, they're pushing their chips. What do you do, if anything, if he goes there? You probably want to get off him. Yeah, I would probably, uh, you know, so right now his, his ADP's in the, in the fourth round. It would, it would lower for, for me, you know, quarterback situation. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a Cam Newton or a Mac Jones guy. Um, more, uh, more target competition than in Indy, I, I feel like, because I feel, like he'd be the number one receiver in New England by a mile, but they just signed those two uh, tight ends, you know, Jones and John, or, uh, Henry and John Smith, and I think that that's the route that they want to go. Um, but uh, I think he would, I think he'd be okay there. But uh, you know, I just the quarterback play is such a downgrade, even from Wentz, who hasn't been good in, in in a while. So I think you have to build that rapport with a rookie. I think Cam Newton's arms falling off. So um, yeah, no no go for me for him in New England. Okay, quickly also, we talked on WGR today with Sigmund Bloom about Julio Jones and the Chargers. He brought up the idea of Ooh. LA Chargers. Um, that, that'd be pretty sexy. I love that idea. That would be – I'm all in on the Chargers anyways when, when I'm drafting. Um, that would be just so sensational for every, everybody. I mean, they would just throw the ball more, I think. They're already going to throw it a bunch – um, everyone, you know, you couldn't double team anybody. Keenan, Allen, it would be a perfect compliment for Keenan Allen because Allen's like that slot, 
move slot receiver that's working those underneath routes. He's so, so good at that. And Julio can take the top off. He can run those those short drags, catch it and go. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it would help out Eckler. It would you know take guys out of the box for them. Uh, it would kill Mike Williams, who I have quite a bit of shares of right now. But um, but man, that would be I would love I would love to see it for football for fantasy football. I'd hate it for for, for the Bills. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that would be super super exciting. I'd like to see Mike Williams go the other way. Yeah, Falcons are trying to save money. They still have Matt Ryan. Like they still have a team where they might want to try to make the playoffs. Yeah, although the Julio trade would seem to run against that. But Williams has always really just sort of been limited for one reason or another. Yeah. With the Chargers and the Falcons might think they can uh, come up with a facsimile of Jones, yeah. but now we're getting pretty far down the road on a trade that doesn't exist. <laughs> All right. Detroit. So yeah. Anthony Lynn, the new offensive coordinator today, talked up Jamal Williams. What are your feelings about DeAndre Swift? Does it matter what Lynn said? Are you do you think a, a, compared with the rest of the industry, higher or lower on him? I'm probably lower. I'm definitely lower on Swift. Uh, it absolutely matters what Anthony Lynn says about Jamal Williams. I think uh, as long as he believes what he's saying and isn't just trying to throw people off the scent or whatever, but it absolutely matters. Coaching is so important. And that's the hardest thing. It's, you know, we've talked, we talk about this all the time. It's not about what coaches should do. It's what coaches are going to do. And Anthony Lynn, you know, he gets his mindset on stuff, just like all the other coaches do. And Jamal, and he's a, he's a decent back. It's not like he's, he's a scrub. He was fine in, in, in green Bay with his role. You know um, I think he's a problem for, for, for Swift. Um, and I'm down on Swift just cause I don't, I think their offense, I think their team's going to be terrible. Um, I don't know what their over under is, but I think it's like three games or something crazy in, in, a, in a 17 game schedule. Um, and, uh, I think they're, they're going to be playing from, from behind a lot. Um, the offense is going to be really, really bad. I'll, I'll, you know, I'd much rather take a Justin Jefferson or, uh, you know, if Diggs falls that far or something like that, like a high end receiver, even Austin Eckler there, you know, there's just Swift. I'm probably further down on and, uh, and it really does matter what Anthony Lynn thinks. Probably. I think probably you're right. Um, it doesn't have to though. He's not the head coach and the head coach is kind of a, I'll say this in a, I don't mean this to be completely insulting. He's a little bit of a maniac, maybe. <laughs> why? Because he's biting kneecaps? Is, is that I why? mean, just he wants a pet lion. I don't know. Like, I just – I couldn't be farther away intellectually from these football guys who are all just about lions and kneecaps and just, like, guys like that. I just feel like they're the farthest away from me that it gets. Just sort of the most different. I mean, the most different. From yeah. how I think. So Williams is he's all, with Green Bay. He was always able to work his way into the plans. Yeah. And Detroit paid him. So he probably has some role there. But Swift is this huge talent. And I don't think I need to know that DeAndre Swift is going to get like sort of the, I mean, to exaggerate a little bit, the Christian McCaffrey sort of usage rate or Barkley or one of these guys. I don't think I need to know that to think that Swift can be an RB1. I mean, I feel like he probably is. There are lots of other ones you could say that about, and a couple of those guys are going to get hurt, and it's going to be random or just not going to be. I mean, Jacobs last year was, and everybody was down on him from like week two on. 
So really the ability to stay on the field is what is going to determine that. And Dan Campbell has no idea, nor does Anthony Lynn, what that will mean for Swift or Williams. And if Williams gets hurt, we always look at that from the starter's standpoint. But if Williams gets hurt, then it's just more the reason to think Swift could really smash. So I'm fine with DeAndre Swift. I think it depends on what kind of roster you want to build, Adam. You know, if you you're not picking him in round one, but you get to round two at some point in the front to middle of that round or even the, the whole thing. I mean, it can be the whole second round. You are going to decide on him based on what kind of roster you want to build. And if you want to do two running backs right away and everybody else above him is taken or you're just not that into Antonio Gibson or you're not that into Eckler, whoever the guy is, then you'll get to Swift and you have a pretty good chance of winning. Not, It's not a guarantee, but it never is. Yeah, no, it, it, it does depend on your build. Um you know, I, I tend to lean more receiver heavy after the first round. So that's kind of where my head's at. Cause you know, all those receivers that are kind of going in that mix there, they're going to get theirs, you know? So um, it's just a matter of, you know, can you handle Swift being maybe not in every single down? Cause they might, you know, who knows? Jamal Williams might, might be their third down back. DeAndre Swift's more than talented enough to, to do it all. But like you said, you just don't know about these coaches, these coaching sets. And Anthony Lynn has shown, um, the, the willingness to throw his running backs the ball to, you know, obviously Eckler there was, was catching passes. So, um, I don't think that is an issue. It's just, it, man, it's up. He's at that, at that tier of running back where, um, you know, like Joe Mixon, for example, he's, he's in that mix. I know Joe Mixon, if he's healthy, he's going to get all the, all, all, all the touches. So I, you know, and targets are worth one and a half times more than, more than carries. So to me, it's all about, is he going to have that pass catching role? He's, I'm sure he's going to have that goal line role, but uh, there's just a couple running backs I like better in there. And there's certainly some receivers I like that better in there. So if you pick a receiver in round two, after picking one of the running backs in round one, who's your running back in round three? Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. So the tier for me right now in round three is Miles Sanders. Once he's gone, so I've got, you know, Edwards, Alaire, Dobbins, Sanders are all going in the third round right now. Once, once those guys are gone, I'm dipping into the receiver pool there. You know, the Keenan Allen's Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson. So, and then that's where I'm going for the next couple rounds, actually fourth round, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. So, you know, so, um, you know, that running back, that running back dry land or wasteland, like you were talking about earlier to me starts after Miles Sanders um, and goes for, for, for a couple rounds. Well, we'll have to talk about him in the coming weeks, Sanders, because, is a little bit of a polarizing player. Yeah. All right. You want to talk a little bit more about Saturday or um, yeah, uh, you want to get to bed? It's Thursday. You might want to sleep all day tomorrow. That's so that You're rested for Saturday. In prep. I mean, should we announce the, the pros versus Joe? Oh, yeah. Tonight? Let's do that. Let's do that. Go ahead, please. Well, yeah. So we're, you know, they announced it a couple of weeks ago. Great, great news. Uh, Mike and I will be teaming up for the pros versus Joe's uh, tournament. Uh, which is uh, run by Fantasy Mojo and the FFPC. In each, uh, it's a free entry invite. Um, this will be the first year that I'm in as a pro, um, and I think Mike was in as a pro last year, right, Mike? Yes. Awesome. Fish in the middle. Yep. Yep. So uh, you and I will be teaming up, probably do that draft, maybe live on the podcast or something. And uh, yeah, it's a great, great competition. It's it's free. 
but the winner of each league gets a free main event entry in the FFPC. So, uh, you know, you're competing for, for that it's win or it doesn't, or it doesn't matter when your league. So two years ago, I was in that I came in second overall in the whole competition and I second in the competition and I was second in my own league, Mike. So that's just, mm, that's as uh, bad of a beat as you're going to get. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, um, so yeah, I got a little chip on my shoulder, but uh, I'm sure that that runs in August and I'm sure we'll talk about that more as it, as it gets closer, but how, how are you feeling about it? I'm, I'm honored. I, I think it was a, it was a moment last year where I got the invite. I was not thinking about it at all or expecting it, but I was lucky to get it. And I felt like it did okay for me last year in that and Draft Sharks Invitational. I just wanted to do okay. Like I felt like that was good for me. For I, I really wanted to make a good impression, just not a bad one. Yeah. So um, one thing I learned through talking with you through the the Draft Sharks Invitational shows was there is really no reward for that. There's nothing that you get for not making a bad impression. Maybe it means you get to stay in. Right. But really, who wants to sort of live like that? So you have to go for it. I mean, when Overzet won the Invitational, he did it by, you know, taking chances. He went Dalvin Cook and then 12 receivers or whatever that was. And right. that's... Yep. That's the kind of thing that I think you need to do to win even a tournament of 60 teams, a smaller field. So that'll be my mindset going into this. Yeah, completely agree. Um, a lot's going to change between now and August, and even a lot changes because it's, it's over the course of two weeks, right? So there's six drafts, three one week, three the next, and it's in the middle of August. So there's injuries, there's all types of stuff that are going to happen. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. All right, so Vegas is a ways off, but we've made our plans. I got to figure out what to play in out there. Yeah, look up the schedule online, get on the FFPC schedule, see what fits around. Now, there's nothing Tuesday night or Wednesday, but uh, okay. so you get all, get all your fun, you know, your super fun Vegas stuff out of the way then, and then uh, and then we'll yeah we'll hit the hit the hit the mean streets of uh, high stakes fantasy football. Wednesday is the Lazy River, and the Manilow show. That's right, of course. Of and course. then Thursday it gets real, two days? Thursday it gets real. That's it. All right. Well, if anybody's watching who wants to weigh in on what I should do, because this will be my first time out there for this, I could use that sort of advice. I mean, it's possible that it'll be terrible, but I'll at least <laughs> read it and consider it. I'll at least process it. So, you know, follow the deep end FF1 and uh, comment there because I'll check that out and see what I should sign up for. I, I, I don't think I want to compete against you. I asked you about that. Should we be in these leagues together? And I thought you made the right point, which was we want to talk about these drafts, and it probably is better if we're not competing against each other in them. So, okay. If, if we got like a best ball, they, they have some high-stakes best balls. If you want to do one of those, I'd be more than happy because then there's no waivers during the year. Um, but right, if we're, right. you know, it's hard to do a main event cause then we're on the show talking about our waiver strategies. And next thing I know you're clipping me by a dollar on, on my favorite running back. You know what I mean? It cost me half a million bucks. Yeah, no, we don't want to have it play out like that. That's right. <laughs> a, a good thing like this. You don't want to risk. Right. You wouldn't want to ruin ruining a, it. a friendship like that. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> okay. See you Saturday, Adam. 
All right, Mike, we'll see you then. Thanks, everybody. This is The Deep End. We'll see you next time.